1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On this episode of Missing the Point, we recap day one of the legal tampering period in the NFL offseason, where Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots were heavy players, drawing in some of the biggest names in free agency. We'll recap all the moves in day one, what other moves may come, and how the Patriots look now heading into the 2021 season. This is Missing the Point, episode 44, but it's all relative.
2: Welcome into a special episode of Missing the Point. I'm your host, Joe Malcolm. I'm joined tonight... By Mike Marcangelo and Rayshon Buchanan, and we're going to call this the tampering special, guys. It has been an interesting opening tampering period, opening to tampering period here on March the 15th as we record this, coming to a close of the day. But guys, it's been an interesting day, and this was a day that our executive producer, Craig DeLisandro said was going to come on Wednesday. And little did we know that March 15th was going to come fast and furious. But what a day it was, guys.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is very unpatriot-like. Typically, they don't pay top dollar for people coming off of the best years of their career, right? Bill hates those kind of moves. And if he does it, he doesn't do it on day one. The exception would be Gilmore, right? But I think he saw what we all saw, that this team needed to be reshaped. He had done such a bad job drafting over the last several years. It's not like he can sign his guys these types of agreements because they're not worth it. So I think he addressed a lot of needs today. I love... Uh, a few of these signings, one of them I'm a little nervous about. But if you can't look at today and not be excited and know that Bill bought in. They also suck last year, so you can't forget that. Right. Facts.
0: Exactly. My sentiment is exactly correct. Like, he he, he had to do something, and he did. I mean, I hope that he's not done, obviously, because they still have a lot more to go as far as filling these. But, you know, it, it was cool to see an aggressive day one. And, you know, hopefully there's more to come.
2: So, it. As Mike alluded to and and so wonderfully uh, introduced us into the topic of our tampering special, the New England Patriots made... Six, seven, eight, nine signings today, including Dietrich Wise, who was on the team to begin with. So one re-signing, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight signings of free agents. And, of course, in the last 24, 36 hours, he made a trade as well, trading away right tackle Marcus Cannon. Looking at the math, we can't be totally sure, as we are not even a couple hours removed from the most recent signing the Patriots have made. But Craig has done some rough math. And who was it on Twitter, Craig, that gave you the number? For the salary cap that, as it currently stands, Doug Kide fifteen million dollars. So Doug Kide on Twitter, <laughs> a great follow, says that I think this was before the Henry Anderson signing was yeah. roughly fifteen million dollars. So they went into the day with a little over seventy, and they're gonna end the day with around fifteen million left in salary cap. So as Mike said, it was about time that Bill Belichick went out and and grabbed some grabbed some guys and and brought them in. And the NFL has seen a lot of big names go off the board today. I mean, obviously. There's still a number of them and we'll go through a few of those, but. Guys, let's start with the uh, first signing of the day for the New England Patriots, a need that was clear and apparent since Rob Gronkowski left to retirement, at the time anyway, two years ago, and that's at the tight end position. They drafted two tight ends last year. They had Matt Lacoste. They had a few bodies there, but no one that ever really filled into the spot. So today they go out and uh, sign a four-year, $50 million contract with Janu Smith, the former Tennessee Titan. What do we think of this one?
1: I love it. I absolutely love this move. I also love the fact that they paid him. right. This is a real contract. $31.25 million of this is, is fully guaranteed. So they went out. They set the market for the position for the play that they wanted. I was very, very scared that they were going to go out and try and sign Hunter Henry, <clears throat> which, honestly, I don't, I want nothing to do with him. 6'5", 240. He's Gronk in the sense that he's injured a lot, but lacks the transformational talent that he has. But John New Smith for me, <laughs> you love that Joe. Forty-one catches, eight touchdowns last year, and I think he's gonna. I think he's going to evolve. You know, we were talking before the show started that you know Cam Newton back in Carolina had some fast receivers and had a good blocking and great pass catching tight end Greg Olson. That's so what he has here now, 25 years old. So this was the biggest need for them offensively. I think uh, more so than receiver, this will open the field up for everyone else that they've signed. So, I mean, I love it. Yeah, it was awesome. Like I said, I, was,
0: I think I was on my way to the hospital earlier when I seen it. And I was like, actually, I, I was sitting in the waiting room and it was, you know, da dun dun you know, got that on, got the alert on my phone. I was like, Oh, the Patriots signed somebody, and you the other guy that's in a wheelchair like me was like, No way. I said, Yeah, like I couldn't believe it either. Like, if we actually signed somebody, can you believe it, man? So, <laughs> you know, so we were both excited. It was like, He's he like, hey, They got that guy from Tennessee. I said, They sure did, sir. So I said, Hopefully, we're on our way. And boy, were they ever! Because we thought that might have been the signing of the day, but <laughs> clearly, they was just like, "Okay, we're we're going we're going for broke, literally, and just signing whoever we can to add to this team." But but just on the John o. Smith signing, you know, like I said, he's six three, you know, he's two fifty. He definitely can move around, you know, all over the field. So you know, there was another eighty one that was very good at the time. You know, when he was alive, playing for the Patriots, you know, and Hernandez was someone that you could put in the, in the backfield someone that you could put um, in different positions on the field. So. It looks like they have that. And like, like Mike said, he can block it as well. So, you know, Bill does not sign you if you can, if you cannot block it, you're not going to be rough and record. He is not looking to have you in that position. And, you know, we know Bill likes to attack up the middle. So, it, you know, we, we saw him catch, you know, that jump ball, he's got it. I was watching some of the highlights earlier. Like if you throw it in his, in his catch radius, and that's the big word, if you throw it in his catch radius, like he's, he's going to catch it and he's coming down with it. So, you know, obviously, you know, obviously, had a nice showing, you know, in the last couple of games, I know he had his first touchdown against the Jets, you know, in the last game of the season, but, you know, obviously he wasn't really featured all year and neither was Dalton Keen. So hopefully they can learn from Jonu and maybe, you know, you know, build some cyber trio there. Cause we know, you know, Bill likes to have death certain position so but yeah like i said john john was awesome and i'm glad he's here
1: or just or or just shows you that belichick finally figured out his drafting has been garbage the last couple of years because he drafted two fresh tight ends for basically no money and then spent and spent and broke the bank for for one of the best tight ends in the market
2: sounds like you're a little angry that at the fact that he had to spend the money
1: this if for nothing else exponentially increases their ability to be a red zone threat right they were terrible in the red zone last season. Now they have a guy, like Rayshon said, that can go up and get the ball. And to Craig's point, they also have two tight ends from last year that if for not, nothing else, they can block, right? So you can really create that goal line package and assuming that you have a running back that's name is not Brandon Bolden, you can actually run the ball in the red zone. So, I mean, I, I love, I just love everything about this signing. And I think it set the tone for the day, right? Because they told you Belichick was not going to was was not going to be afraid to spend the money on the players that he wanted,
2: and that was part of the, the the conversation that started today. After a couple of these signings were made, that we're going to talk about was that the tampering period, which is what we're in, is as the NFL start of NFL free agency is not until Wednesday, March seventeenth at four p.m. So once that point comes, then these guys will actually be you know, putting pen to paper and all this stuff. This is all speculatory. But at the same time, when this started this afternoon, these guys had already talked and and had these deals worked out. Obviously, you're not going to necessarily be working on all these at the exact same time. So, but yeah, I mean, it's a great pickup. It's a guy that they want. He fits in with the system. You know, Ray and I specifically have been singing Johnu's praises all season in 2020 while he was with Tennessee. And you know I, I do, you mentioned his age right and I don't want to jump ahead through but every signing that the Patriots have made today with the exception of Henry Anderson are in their 20s Matt Judon is 29 Johnu Smith 26 Jalen Mills 27. Kendrick Bourne, 26. Nelson Aguilar, 28. Devon Godshaw is 27. Henry Anderson, 30. And these are all guys that were either drafted in 2015, 16, or 17. So this is a, a younger group of guys that they're bringing into an aging group. Uh, what was an aging roster and it's it's just really refreshing to see and it's exciting to see the Patriots spending this kind of money and John o. Smith we talk about that contract and Mike as you said real money it's only 12 and a half average annual value and you know a lot of people have been saying on social media that's too much money for him although one guy said 12 and a half million that's Derek Henry money and I was like hang on a second that's Derek Henry money like Two years ago, uh, Derrick Henry is worth like 25. So, that, I mean, he's not going to get that right. He wouldn't get that if he was a free agent right now, just due to the salary cap. But in 2023, 24, I mean, that that could be money that, that Derrick Henry sees. So, Johnny Smith is getting paid what a tight end should be paid uh, in the NFL. So, the second signing of the day was outside linebacker Matt Judon. He was in Baltimore. This was the surprise signing of the day to me. I didn't think that Matt Judon was going to be coming. To New England, I love the signing personally. 14 million average annual value, four years, 56 million dollars, 32 guaranteed. Mike, I I know you have a lot to say about Matt Judon, and I like your comparison.
1: Yeah, I really so I, I like move, and I, I I like it because it addresses a need, right? Bill, again, he sees that they need it. They need a pass rusher. They need someone on the defensive side of the field to cause uh, havoc. When I saw this deal. I instantly had a flashback to 2007 in the Dalies Thomas. Right, that deal was five for 35 with 20 million guaranteed back in the day. He didn't. He he only played out through the 2009 season. Right. He so for me uh, again. This is a, I, I. think that I think that Judon is a, is a great talent. I, my worry, and I, I hope I'm wrong. I could be wrong, is that he's schematically great. So as long as you keep moving him around on the defensive side of the ball and you don't just put him in one one position every single play, yeah, he's going to be good. That's what they did with the Dailies in 2007. That was his most uh, productive year for the Patriots, and they stopped doing it. So a guy that's 28 years old, 34 and a half sacks, you, you, again, if he's there, you go out and you spend the money on him, and they did. So I, I love it.
2: That's a great comparison, and I think those two guys are are different dudes, and I think Judon is, is going to be – I think if he can play – the, the way he did in that system. I mean, he played in a great defensive system. So his numbers may have been a little inflated based on the si- system he was in. But that doesn't mean that he isn't a, a problem on the field. And I mean, for other teams, but playing for, for John Harbaugh down in Baltimore is only going to help him coming up to play in a system like this, because Harbaugh doesn't necessarily run as tight of a ship as Bill Belichick, but it's a lot tighter than some of the other ships in the NFL.
0: Right. But I mean, I, and I get the AD, you know, the AD comparison, you know, I think, you know, I've heard on sports radio earlier, you know, they were a little, I guess they, they. that's why they were hesitant, though, that they just thought that it wasn't a good signing be, because of that, which to me, I feel like was a lazy take, but he's, he's 6'3". Two sixty five, two seventy, and he's he's a man out there, and like you, people only made the take because he came from Baltimore. Like, what if he, if he came from San Diego? What you gonna say? Is he Nick Bosa? Are you saying that he's Junior sayer Like, what? I, I I feel like that comparison was only made because he came from Baltimore. When you're that big, and you can move like that. You know, we've seen it with Jamie Collins. We've seen it, you know with Richard Seymour. Like, Bill finds these guys that can just wreak havoc, and that's what I feel like he's going to do. And yeah, I want him to be moved around. Don't send him just to, to the right side or to the left side. Like, if you need him to reach up the middle, you need him to jump over, jump over someone like Jamie Collins used to do when he was here, then do that. Whatever is going to make him look as good as possible on the field, I'm here for. And if there's anyone that can get that defensive talent together is is Belichick. So I'm not concerned with that in that regard. Like I said, I would I agree with you, Joe. That was a surprise signing for me too. Like I didn't think that you know they would spend that that money on 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 that player, uh, especially. I think because you know he's getting 32 in the first, or he got he got 32 guaranteed. So you know I was like, okay, that's you know lets me know like okay they're looking to pay. You know top dollar for you know for someone you know that that's going to be an, an impact player so like i, said, I don't think it's going to be the ad thing i, I maybe he'll be more of a freak athlete like jamie, jamie collins was but um, either way i'm excited to see him in a uniform.
1: i mean just to back up my lazy take i just no, want to i just i just want to point out that if you take out the two years like that that a Dallas thomas was not an everyday starter in baltimore so in his five years here he, he had 35 sacks in five years we have again here that judon has 34 and a half they're very comparable they play the exact same way that they played the the the, the position rex ryan's defense in baltimore was the exact same schematic defense that they're running in baltimore now so my hope is that the only reason that aston didn't work in new england is because belichick tried to get him to conform in, in my opinion so as long as he does not do that this time and lets him do what he does best he'll be better but I'd be, I would be lying if I told you that I did not have a little bit of PTSD when I saw an outside linebacking pass rusher coming from Baltimore signing a big deal.
2: Well, Mike just admitted what Ray said right there, coming out of Baltimore. So, I mean, I, I think it's no, it's a good take. It's a good take, but I'm with Ray on a lot of that. Of besides the fact that it's a lazy, I know. Never mind. Oh, we're not going to get into it. But what what is really Ray? I think you just hit the nail on the head because we're going to go over these other signings for the Patriots here. But the 32 million guaranteed for Judon, the 31.25 for John Inu in the first two years of their contracts is basically how this is going to work out, roughly. Uh, The AAV is 14 and 12 and a half, respectively. Then that total guarantee goes up uh, to that 32 and 31.25. And from what I understand, these are front loaded contracts. And that is so if Judon ends up being like Adelius Thomas after a couple of seasons, they can figure out what they want to do with that contract one way or the other. Johnny Smith is obviously younger. So he'll probably play out those four years here. What these two signings showed me is that a lot of what we saw in 2020, where the three of us were getting... Visibly angry at our televisions on Sunday afternoons and having to listen to Dave and Bobby tell us, Oh, it's okay. You're one of us now. Well, I don't see the Bears or the Cowboys spending this kind of money on day one, partly because they don't have it. So, point being, is Bill just showed us he's on a different level. He's on his own level. And 2020 was kind of what we alluded to at times. And I I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. So, this is kind of a speculatory comment, but I think. Bill saw what he expected to see in 2020 with the team that was put together that played in front of no fans. And now we have this team coming in and we're going to next talk about Jalen Mills, the safety from Philadelphia, who signed another four-year contract for $24 million, $6 million average annual value, $9 million guaranteed. Guys, this is the same thing. It's a two-year contract with two years on the back end. I Jalen Mills won a Super Bowl against us against the Patriots in 2017 so did Nelson Aguilar who we'll talk about soon but Jalen Mills won won a a Super Bowl in Philadelphia and Bill obviously liked him enough to go out and get him so now you so I want to pose this question for both of you to also analyze because now we have three starting safeties Jalen Mills Patrick Chung and Devin McCourty so let's talk about Jalen Mills and tell me what happens because I think one of those two guys is gonna be on the move.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I think Mills is a he's a good player, right? I just have it ingrained in my mind, I think it was it was either Tua or it was it was Fitzpatrick that just him and Devontae, Oh my god, Devontae Parker down in Miami just burned him. Burned him recently. So that's ingrained in my mind. But you know, at least he turned his at least he turned his head. Patriots uh, defensive backs typically don't do that. I think that this is a way for you to stir up your secondary. If I was the GM, this tells me that you know Patrick Chung. It's time. It's time to go. I'm not a Chung guy. I've never been a Chung guy. I don't think he brings you anything, and I don't think that your secondary suffered last year without him being there. So, if if this move is Patrick Chung is gone now, and now we have Jalen Mills, I'm all for it, man. I think it's a really good one.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a shocker that she never been high on Chung, but needless to say, man, I think they showed a graphic earlier where the where Mills has played a lot of different spot, like he's played slot, he's played safety, he's played corner, left corner. So, you know, Bill likes to move guys around anyway. So, I think that's what he's going to be doing here. So, not necessarily meaning someone's on the move. I just think that's like okay, like okay, Adrian Phillips. We didn't we weren't expecting him to be that good last year. He was awesome last year. Um, so, you know, you still got him. You still got, you know, we didn't even talk about Kyle Duggar, right? So, you know, they're just going to, I mean, that's been a strength of this team for a long time. And what it may mean is that it may not be one of those guys. You know, it might be Gilmore that's on the move. But, and then, you know, you move J.C. Jackson to be the, the number one, you know, which is why that happened. So, I mean, I, I think, you know, like I said, I like the move. Haven't seen too much of him lately, but I do know that he moves all over the field. So hopefully, you know, he's able to be productive here because he doesn't have to be the guy. He's just a guy here. So we'll see how it goes.
2: That's a good point to defensively you you brought up. You know, right now it's at strong safety. They have, they being the four-letter network, have Patrick Chung as a starter with Adrian Phillips, then Kyle Duggar behind him. At free safety, Devin McCourty, uh, Jawan Williams, and J- Justin Bethel, who we know that Bethel is a special teams guy. But so right there, I mean, you're absolutely right. And I think we've talked about for a while that Gilmore would be on the move. And if you did move Gilmore, and you didn't bring in another defensive back. As we said, Mills can move all over the place. We know McCordy has played there before, but then you have JC Jackson, Jason McCordy, Jonathan Jones. So you're, you, yeah, sure, you lose a lot if you trade Gilmore, but Gilmore gives you a lot of cap room. And I'm not sure what Gilmore's relationship is with Bill because there's been a lot of rumors of him being on the move since. Before the 2020 season, and then as the the trade deadline came in during the season, and of course, with one year left on the contract, that's generally where Bill tries to move along from them. So
0: He was floundering in Buffalo. Let's call it, not floundering, but he had a decent career or or maybe less than average career in Buffalo. Bill saw enough to think, okay, I I can get him here. So- whether his relationship has, has soured or not, be grateful. <laughs> you well, guys, yeah, but you, you know no, that that's You signed you signed sign for six, signed sixty five million on day one. You know he pushed you in position to make that play against um, oh, I forget I, it was in Jacksonville. But I fig- I mean I guess Jacksonville, but I forget the who was who the wide right receiver was. But makes that play, you get the pick in the Super Bowl, so you become a champion. You become defensive player of the year, and you got sixty five million dollars. He, he, he's okay.
2: Sure, but there's, but we know, we know that's not how it goes in professional sports, right? I mean, you know that's not how it's going to be. Like, you can still
0: with Bill, though. Sure, but (laughs) you can you can be
2: you can be put in those positions. I mean, honestly, you can be put in those positions in any line of work in the world, right? You can be put in a position to succeed, and then when you hear rumors of you being moved on from, that's going to hurt, no matter how good or bad you've been treated, how much money you've made, that can stink. Now, it is part of the business and Gilmore may know that and and maybe you're right maybe he is grateful and it is time for them to move on and one year left on the contract and if he doesn't come down that would be a lot of money to free up in order to go out and get a couple other guys and still have good value at the position. And and that's what bill is going to look for. So Jalen mills coming in, definitely going to help that secondary. Now two guys that were brought in to help shore up the offense a little bit, maybe not even shore up, but at least help the offense our wide receivers, Kenrick, Kendrick Bourne, who was last with San Francisco, and wide receiver Nelson Aguilar, last with Las Vegas. Guys, let's talk about Aguilar first, because I think this was the more intriguing signing of the two. Nelson Aguilar, 28 years old, signs for two years, $22 million. I, I think he's overpaid here at $11 million AAV, but at the same time, Ray, you said it earlier in our group chat that he had a resurgent season in Vegas this past year. He had a career high in... Uh, yards and a tied his career high in touchdowns with Derek Carr as his quarterback and in an offense that had Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs and a a pretty good offense in Vegas um, for for a team that probably should have been better than they were. What what do we think of Nelson Aguilar? I mean, the the last thing I really remember of Aguilar was when he was in Philadelphia the last year and fans were calling him out for the fact that he didn't have very good hands. Uh, And then he goes out to Vegas and has a pretty good season. What do we think of this one?
0: Yeah, I oh, oh go go uh, no, so okay, I I thought that was I mean I get it because I think he had back to back sixty catch seasons and then like the following year where they was getting on him. Philly fans do better than than most fan bases. Sure. Like, I think HIA dropped down to like thirty nine. So yeah, it made sense that they was you know they was they was on his head about that. But you know it's hard to catch 30, 40 passes fifty hell sixty catches or uh, passes in the NFL. So clearly you know the challenge is still there because like I said you know he, he gets there to to Vegas and. You know, you know, he, he he took the top off the defense, and Good. we have not had that uh, since Brandon Cooks. You know, and you know, I mean, Philip, you, you could say Philip Dorsett, but Dorsett is not what Cooks was. mean um, he's not, he's not he, he, Dorsett. Yeah, and actually, shout out to him for getting signed down to Jacksonville too. So, yep. uh, congrats to him on that. But to me, I like the signing. I thought it was two years of twenty-six mil, not not twenty. It is two years and twenty-six mil. Oh, okay, the, this, this, okay.
2: The, yeah, yeah, this number's up. Cool. It's thirteen AAV.
0: Gotcha. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, so it's just like now. I think. Far as I don't know, like, you know, they use that term real money. I don't know how much real money's involved in this. So I don't know if it's a fully guaranteed thing or is it like, you know, like 11 to 12 guaranteed? Yeah, so there's no way he gave him 26 guaranteed here. But no way yeah no way so that half of that it might be really just a one-year deal honestly so but that's the case then it should be even more than 15 mil that we have far as cash space left i mean you know i know that's what the guy had mentioned to craig but you know yeah i i like the signing i think that he's going to be someone that's going to be you know very good here and once again any person that we brought in here patriots fans hear me good was going to be better (laughs) than we had last year and the year before and maybe even the year before that even though we won a Super Bowl like just enjoy this well but see Ray that's that's where it goes with fans <laughs> that's where with
2: fans oh boy we get caught into it too but I'm going to call out the fans a little bit because we look at the free agent wide receivers and it's like yeah bring in Juju it's like but those guys are going to command more money you just signed Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar for 26 and 22 and a half where juju's gonna command probably both of those salaries minus maybe a third so so he's gonna be around like 30 he's gonna command 35 to 40 mil for for the life of the contract which you already spent on judon and smith which to me are bigger needs than one wide receiver so Ray I agree with you but a lot of the fans myself included when I saw the I mean we talked about it in our discord when Aguilar was signing was kind of all right it's a little it's a little anticlimactic but the more I sat and thought about it Ray, it's a great signing like it's a really it's a good value signing because you might be right about that one-year deal where it's like because they play with money we always hear more details in a baseball contract than we do in an NFL contract, except for when Tom Brady signs a four year extension with Tampa where it's void after the first year, but they save money because he's basically just Bobby Bonilla, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, into paying him until he's 48 years old. Great investment for a Tom, anyway. But when you look at a guy like Aguilar, I really liked what he did last year in that offense. And if you can put enough weapons, and what was the weapon in Vegas that allowed? Aguilar to get free to catch passes. A guy like Jonu Smith, Darren Waller.
1: So I, I think if we're looking at if we're looking at the, the Aguilar signing, right? A couple of things that are really good and one thing that's potentially scary. He had obviously eight touchdowns, 896 yards, but I think what's the most important stat there is that he he averaged almost 19 yards per reception. That's really good. That's what you need. The scary part is he was targeted 82 times, only caught 48 of them. It's one of his his worst catches catch percentages since being in the league. It's not. I mean, so, but I do think with him there, if for no other reason, right? You you have him. You have Kendrick Bourne. They now have alleviated the problem that's been building up over the last two years. Edelman's not your number one. He can't be. He can't be the guy that you go to 130 times a year anymore. He's not. He's just. He's 34, 35 years old. Now you have people out there that will require coverage. Right, this won't be the joke of an offense that it was last year, or shouldn't be, just based on, on paper. And I think Al, Al- is a guy that can take the top off of a defense, and and you need him. And so, two years, twenty six mil, do it again. I don't think this is a real contract. I don't think I don't think there's a lot of real money here. I'd, be, I'd I would be shocked if there was more than thirteen million dollars guaranteed.
2: Yeah, I would say it's probably the first year of the contract. It's probably 11, is what I'm thinking. 11 or 12, which is fine for Aguilar, right? I mean, he spent one year in Vegas, and you know he got close to being on a pretty good team. That Vegas team should have been much better. Dave would tell us why they weren't better than they were, but we're, I'm not going to go down that road because I don't agree with him on that. So oh,
0: you, I was say, like, you know what was crazy, though, too? You saw Corey Davis signed with New York three years, 37 and a half, and I'm just like... That 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 couldn't that that, that couldn't have been here because that I mean you gave much I, money. I'd I, I take Corey Davis over Algalore, even though I, I like the Algor signing, I'd have took Corey Davis. If you would have told me give me Corey Davis and John Smith, I'd have been like, cool, we got it. Like, you know, we're good. But I'm like, man, 12 and 12, 12, and a half mil or 12.2 mil couldn't, couldn't have got that here. You you couldn't you couldn't have signed that man. I mean, maybe Bill didn't think he, he could play, but I'm just like, oh. <laughs> I was kind of disappointed seeing that deal. So Corey Davis career. isn't a Bill
2: kind of guy, though. Aguilar is Aguilar's speedy, where Corey Davis is a power receiver. I mean, he's a he's like you were talking about with, with Johnny Smith. You throw the ball up, Smith's going to go get it wherever. Corey Davis is the wide receiver version of Johnny Smith. And that's why I thought they did so well together in Tennessee, because of that style. That worked with Ryan Tannehill. I don't disagree with you. I like Corey Davis more than Nelson Aguilar, too. And and was $1.2 million per year really... What broke the bank? Maybe it was for Bill, but I mean more power to Corey Davis because I mean I guess I guess there's a similar issue in New England, but we'll get to that. I mean Sam Darnold is your quarterback, Carleen. Yes, I know. Mike Justin Fields is going to go to New York. We get it, but
1: I mean, if they're smart, they got to go get
0: him. Well, yeah. I mean if you're smart, we'll see. We'll get there when the show comes.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, we'll get there on the draft preview. Coming to a podcast. Place near you. Uh, so, as Mike said about Nelson Aguilar, he'll take the top off the defense. There's another wide receiver that the Patriots signed today 26 year old Kendrick Bourne, uh, more of a slot receiver out of San Francisco or played last year with San Francisco, undrafted wide receiver from 2017, signs with the Patriots three years, 22 and a half, 7.5 average annual value. Mike, I, I also like this signing because they need you just mentioned Julian Edelman. Well, Kendrick Bourne is kind of he might not be as tough because I don't know too many guys are as tough as Julian Edelman but Kendrick Bourne coming in is to me another really positive signing for this team
1: yeah and I mean if, if you look back when Edelman first got here right he we didn't know that he was as tough as he is now he had a few his first couple of years that he was kind of plagued with injury it was always kind of uh, I wonder if he could replace Welker and he did I think Kendrick Bourne his age 26 years old man 49 catches almost 670 yards last year and two touchdowns that if you can get that 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 production out of him in the slot again, what this offense is telling me and the way that they're building it is that they they want to have the ability to take the top off of the defense but not rely on it. Right. They want to be able to pick you apart with those over the middles, the, you know, 10, 15 yard completions or even in the flats for for, for smaller. And then two guys like Johnny Smith and Nelson Aguilar, that can go over the middle and get whatever ball you throw up at him. So they're building this really smart, especially for who they have throwing the ball.
0: Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, you and to me, I mean, I, I still like the attack of the middle. Right. And that's what you know, that's that, like you said, that's the specialty. Like a lot of the highlights that I watched earlier, you know, you know, there was a guy, you know, that wears number 10. That was hitting him every time in in, in the numbers. So well, no, that 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 could be coming to a podcast near you too. These
2: parody accounts though, throw me for a loop, man. The amount of heart attacks I have when I scroll through our Twitter at underscore missing the point. When I scroll through these and I see these damn parody accounts and they're putting this stuff out there bad. and so they're bad. making it and they're making it look like it's reposted from another account. It's like you gotta be. Freak it. And then, but they make it something. So to give some context to those listening, there was a parody account that I'm not going to name because I'm not going to give them credit for something that's silly. They, 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 they made it look like the NFL had put out a story that the Patriots traded for Jimmy Garoppolo and traded a first-round pick for him. First of all, you're not trading a first-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo, mostly because Bill Belichick is never going to trade back for something trade more for something he's getting back than what he gave away in the first place or what he got in the first place. So that's just not going to happen, but yeah, no, uh, to your point, Right, you're absolutely right. I mean, we saw Jimmy G throwing to to this guy out in in the Bay Area, and know that this is he's a weapon. I mean, he's a weapon. He's been out. He was out there with Debo Samuel, George Kittle. I mean, I, I look at the offenses that these two guys came from, Agalor and Bourne, and they're building that style of offense here right now in front of our eyes. That I I, I, I don't mean to get too excited about it. I don't want to get I don't want to get
1: overly. Get excited, dude. The, the, the downers aren't here. Get excited, dude. No,
2: no. Because the, see, the problem is I don't want to get Bobby excited because when Bobby gets excited, it's just it, sometimes it goes over the top. Bobby, you don't need an intervention or anything. You, you know that you get too excited. So when you're listening to this, just know that we love you, but you get too excited. And I don't want to yet because I, I look at the names and I see the numbers and I see what they've done. And this is, it's interesting to me because these are Bill style players that are being put in and i'm specifically talking about so we can talk about judon and mills right and then and one more guy i want to roll into this is devon godshaw the defensive tackle that they just signed from miami for 16 million dollars for two years i think this guy is underrated like he is a plug up the middle and these three guys fit the style of defense that bill tries to run but these offensive guys O. smith kendrick Bourne, nelson Aguilar. Guys, what they're really bringing these guys in for is to build an offense in a style that a guy like Cam Newton can run. I mean, this is what they're doing. So this is what brings us to this question of, I really like this because this is a style of offense, as Mike said earlier, and we talked about before the show, was that this is a style of offense that they're looking at with signing these three offensive weapons that Cam Newton ran in Carolina. Here's my question for Mike, Mike specifically. What do these weapons mean in terms of Cam Newton as quarterback in the New England Patriots?
1: So I think that this that these acquisitions and, and these additions to the offense mean that you're going to start seeing a similar type of system that you saw back when he was really successful in Carolina. Now I'm not saying that he is the you know the former MVP that he used to be, but again, I think we need to kind of grade Cam and what we saw last year on a curve, like for what it was. Couple of things. And get ready, Ray. A uh, couple of things. Remember, he did not have a full off season. He did not have any preseason. And we we know when we look back and, and we and we talk about the season that he had, it's everyone. Ta- well, he can't throw. There's not that many yards. He's anemic. I did a little math, and for those of you listening at home, I promise you that this math was done with my benefit in mind. So that's already out there. Number one. Number two. If you remove Julian Edelman from 2019, Tom Brady threw for 2,900 yards and accounted for 18 touchdowns. Cam Newton did not have Julian Edelman last year, and he was throwing to, you know, all those people he was throwing to. Cam threw for 2,600 yards and accounted for 18 touchdowns. So what I'm telling you is it wasn't as bad as it looked. It was actually for a guy coming uh, uh, into a new system with an injury, It was pretty good considering the circumstances, and now all you've done is surrounded him with players that fit his narrative, fit his playing ability, and I think you're going to see a resurgent Cam Newton. Now, I'm not saying he's going to throw for 5,000 yards, man, but if he throws for 3,500, 18 touchdowns he throws for, he still runs for eight, and he drops back on the fumbles. Now we're talking 10-11 wins.
2: I I don't know if you expected uh, what kind of response you expected, but I actually really don't disagree. No, I, I don't, because I've when I watched them sign these three guys this afternoon, I thought the same thing. This is going to be Carolina North. I still have written off Josh McDaniels, but maybe there is something to this the the fact that they didn't have a full off season there was no preseason things that they're going to get back this year they're going to get the mini camps back they're going to get some type of ota back in the uh, off season in in the, the the summer cam will be 9 months removed from covid so hopefully he's back to normal we know especially in in terms of some guys that have Had heart issues in the past. Eduardo Rodriguez of the Boston Red Sox. He had heart issues after he had COVID. That kind of flared things up again for him, which is scary in its own right. But hopefully, you know, we're past that with this team, with this quarterback. And we saw what he could do, especially when he was playing against Seattle. And Mike, I think when you mentioned Julian Edelman, I really don't know how much of a part of this offense, if at all, Julian Edelman is going to be in 2021. Do I hope he can come? Do I hope he can come back healthy too and help out? Absolutely. I mean, this team has weapons and Julian Edelman is still, you know, he is a leader on that offense. I I think he's kind of the second fiddle since he was when Tom was here. And I think he still is in a lot of ways. But I I really, I agree with you more than I thought I was going to on that. I thought you had something a little more controversial to throw at us, but... I like I mean, the take.
1: If, if you'd like me to make it a little bit more controversial for Ray, I'm telling you that the disparity between the greatest quarterback of all time and Cam Newton was 300 yards. What?
2: <laughs> the disparity yeah. between the greatest quarterback. Yeah. Wait, hang on.
0: That's where, yeah, it's, it's a joke. But yeah,
2: the greatest on. quarterback of all time and Cam Newton. The difference was 34 year old Julian Edelman.
1: Sure. But he was targeted, I mean, he was targeted 153 times the year before caught 1100, uh, caught for 1100 yards and, and six touchdowns. Mike, this is what
2: I, this is what I have to throw you on this though. So this is now where I'm going to, I'm going to find the negative side is that, and, and this is where Ray is. I think his mindset is, and I think he's just trying to pull it together, but Cam Newton, what were his numbers in 2020? Cause they, they weren't. So I understand what you're saying.
0: 440 yards. Well, hang on. He touchdowns and ten picks. The whole well, season, not 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 for a quarter of it. The whole season.
2: So so he played in 15 games. He only missed one game due to COVID. He went seven and eight as the starter. The Patriots mm-hmm. dropped from what 12 and or what were they in 2019? Four. 12 and four. They dropped five five wins. Right? Uh, yeah, five yeah, wins. Five, so yeah, they five. dropped from 12 and four to seven and nine. Cam Newton had eight touchdowns and 10 interceptions. He had uh what four or three of those touchdowns was in the it? last game, right? It, it, three of those touchdowns in the last game of the season, which is promising, Ray. So eight eight rushing touchdowns, 10 inter I'm um, sorry, eight passing touchdowns, ten interceptions. How many rushing touchdowns did he have? 12? He
0: had 12, yeah,
2: 12, yeah. Two two off of his career high since he was a rookie. So I Ray. I agree. It's kind of heinous when you make that comparison and that's Mike's job. He's trying to get you angry. So get angry, but he's not, but he's not, but he's not completely wrong because if you take his average numbers in his career, he averaged 20, let's call it 21 touchdowns a season, 20 to 21 touchdown passing touchdowns a season with, we'll call it 12 interceptions. So 20 and 12. So He was close on those interception numbers.
0: 20 passing touchdowns, not
2: 20. No, 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 no. That's what I'm talking about. 20 20 passing touchdowns. Mm -hmm. And then rushing touchdowns, we'll call it eight on average, (sighs) roughly, because he's had 14, 8, 6, 5, 10, 5, 6, 4, and 12. So account for 28 touchdowns and 12 interceptions.
0: I have a question for both of y'all. Actually, all three, all three. What did your eyes tell you last year?
1: That, That Cam Newton wasn't the guy that he was in 2015. And you had him throwing to nobody. So you. Okay. Go. So, okay, no, okay, no, cool. Great
0: answer. So, what does your eyes tell you when he was throwing three yard outs into the ground or throwing that he's that he's injured? Uh, oh, that he's injured. That that he, that he couldn't play. Now, granted, I I, I wanted him to be successful because I was a fan. Hell, I, I got the jersey in my closet. Walk over and get it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't walk over and get it right now. <laughs> <laughs> now what I'm a walker. Ray, right, can
2: <laughs> I throw can I throw something in in this interlude here? Can I I want to throw something at you because you mentioned you you mentioned him being injured and, and we've had this conversation in other sports with other players. Again, now this is me trying to now this is me talking people into to Cam Newton this year. Because unless they go out and trade for some someone Jimmy Garoppolo fine but Garoppolo is still going to command 22 million dollars probably for the season right now they only have 15 to spend roughly might give or take right. right so to me I understand that what they're they're talking about is cam Newton is getting paid six million could with 8 million in incentives on top of that so it could go up to 14 mil and the report is that the Patriots are still open to other quarterbacks to me that means in the draft. So right now to me until I'm proven uh, until I'm proven wrong or it's proven otherwise, Cam Newton is the starting quarterback of the New England Patriots. Can we all agree on that?
0: Yeah, okay. sure. But I mean So that-
2: so wait, wait, wait. Hang on finishing that thought. In 2019 he was injured, right? He got injured in the second game of the season for Carolina. And then he comes into New England clearly still injured with no time to get into the offense, with no time for for Josh McDaniels, who I'm not defending, but it's, it's the truth, with no time for Josh McDaniels to work with him. So they're working on it on the fly And they kind of know what they're getting. Then he gets COVID. Then he's out for a game. And then everything kind of falls off because he wasn't 100%. Because how many games in the middle of the season, Ray, did you and I go back and forth and say, man, he just doesn't look right. He just doesn't look right. Like something's wrong. But then, of course, we got into the throwing. But here we were for a couple of years saying that Tom Brady couldn't throw either. And all of a sudden, he comes out this year, and he's dropping dimes to Scotty Miller in the NFC Championship game with eight seconds left in the second quarter. So here's my comparison with Cam Newton. Three years ago, a guy by the name of Gordon Hayward broke his ankle two minutes into his career with the Boston Celtics. Two years later, he's now in in Carolina playing for, for the Hornets and is absolutely killing it because he's healthy, right? I rest my case.
0: So, oh, so so, you think that Cam's going to be – hold on, hold on, Mike. So you, you think that Cam can be what Hayward is, is, is doing down there in Charlotte? I mean, listen. I, I, I don't you, think
2: Mike. Cam Newton is the NFL MVP and offensive player of the year that he was in 2015, like Mike just said. But I do right. think just like that it is possible.
0: Was right, I got you. But right. he's playing better, right? I feel you. I mean, listen, I, just, I want both of you to be right. But I'm saying my eyes, what I saw, once again, if you talk about the Seattle game, right, the Seattle game was his best game of the year, right? That's before – that's pre-COVID. Sure. He's throwing it all over. Adam is looking great. The offense overall is looking great. Awesome, and then maybe his best throw of the year probably came against Houston with that bomby through to Demir Bird. And if we saw more of that, then hey, I'm sold. But it didn't happen enough for me. It's just like, I, once again, I, I I want that to happen because honestly. With someone that could run the ball, getting twelve rushing touchdowns. Listen, TB twelve as good as he is, as good as he was, as good as he will <laughs> continue to be. That's not happening, and we talked about that on the show at times. Like, there's things that he's done that he did last season that they would not have done with Tom Brady being sure.
2: Right. You also said it earlier when talking about who he, Cam Newton was throwing to in 2020. Who, with all due respect to the to those men as human beings, he was throwing to trash in 2020. He was he was right to, to no, take the
0: words no. your mouth. Yeah, no, I, so, it's just funny that we say it like that, but yeah, it's, it's true. So,
2: but does, do John R. Smith? Let me ask it this way: Do John R. Smith, Nelson Aguilar, and Kendrick Bourne move the needle for you in terms of Cam Newton in any way, shape, or form? Does that I'm, move your I'm, needle I'm, at all?
0: I'm praying like hell. I, I it, it does a little bit. It does a little bit. I'm just saying, like I just I need to see a few games, whether it's like in the preseason OTA is like, I need to see him actually throwing a 5 year out route with, with precision or throwing a, a, a square squareman or throwing, throwing a, a dig route, throwing a, throwing a seam. Like I need to see that because honestly, if he can reinvent what he had with Olsen, him and Jonathan Smith are going to be very special because him and Olsen always connected that pass that he threw to Olsen in Seattle a few years back when they hit, when he hit the game, when that, that was, that is, if, if that's what happens, then baby, I'm sold. I'm, I'm here. I am. I am all for it. I just need to see it right now. I I can't give that right now. Right now, I I have to see it. That's all.
1: I I think we were so used to seeing or to having a guy here for the better part of two decades that could throw somebody open. That last year we took for. I mean, we number one we took that for granted. But then we have to realize that we have this guy coming into a new system, and he couldn't. His receivers couldn't even get. Open. Well, Cam's so his, also not
2: that guy. Yeah, Cam's not that sure, guy.
1: Sure, He he's not that guy. And, you know, I think if you go back and you watch a lot of the film, I, I still, to my core, believe that he has a hard time reading blitzes.
2: Oh, he doesn't read a defense. The, the, he, he relies on his athleticism over reading a defense.
1: But go back and watch. Go back and look at all the double pumps. Because the guy that he was supposed to throw to was not there, he was not open. So I think now, if, if for if for no other reason, you have three potential people on the offensive side of the ball that will get open and alleviate the pressure for Edelman, and will allow him maybe you know he's not going to get 100 catches, but if we can get Julian Edelman with like 75 catches, 600 yards, and five TDs, I think we're going to be fine. So I think we were so accustomed to seeing perfection for so long that he, that. What we saw last year was bad. I think the greatness before that yeah. magnified how bad it was last year. And then we, need, we just need to take into consideration the cast of characters that he was throwing to because you're not going to see a lot of throws like you did to Bird because Bird was only open twice a game.
0: Huh. And, no, and, and, and. Right. And okay, right. Right so that that should have been your original take not the take off the 300 <laughs> yards that 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 should have been your original
1: no, no, take No 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 my my take was that if you eliminate, I I can repeat it for you because the math adds oh, up I, What you just said was perfect right there
2: <laughs> So guys so so to so we talked about we talked about the additions for the Patriots and what they're going to mean for Cam Newton. I think we're all kind of in agreement. It's not going to be as bad as it was. It shouldn't be on paper. It shouldn't be, but right. But paper champions, right? So, so, but two things we do have to talk about is the the trading away of Marcus Cannon to the Houston, Texans for late round picks and the signing of Joe Tooney by the Kansas City Chiefs today. Uh, those are two very good offensive linemen. Marcus Cannon, of course, opted out last year because concerns with him being in remission from cancer. Joe Tooney is a two-time Super Bowl winner, a guy that a lot of people didn't give a lot of credit early on in his career, ended up being a, a great offensive lineman for the Patriots, can play guard, can play center, signs a five-year, $80 million contract with the Kansas City Chiefs. That is a guy that capitalized and is now immediately on a contender. What is the loss of these two guys? And does that mean that, especially with the the trading of Marcus Cannon? And of course, the Patriots brought in Trent Brown from Vegas last week. Does that mean, with all of this, what do you guys think of Tooney? Signing with Kansas City, with Cannon being traded to Houston, and of course Isaiah Wynn. Does that keep him now on the New England Patriots as the starting left tackle, and you move Trent Brown to right tackle?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Tooney was—that's a huge loss for you, right? But it's a calculated one. They—they, they, I bet they wanted to keep him, but when you have a team like Kansas City who's who's going to be a perennial Super Bowl contender, and they have the ability to offer him the contract that they do. I mean, you go do it, but the Patriots have the opportunity now to show, you know, how versatile that their offensive line can be. I think if Trent Brown plays the way that he played in 2018 and steps it up just a little bit more, I I think you have, I think you have a chance with between him and win to be good. And I think, again, if you don't require Cam to sit back there for six seconds or, you know, like I'm exaggerating, like four or five seconds, like he was last year, I think his ability to get rid of the ball quicker will make the offensive line look better.
0: Absolutely, yeah, oh, no, I agree. Yeah, for, no, yeah, for, for for sure. But obviously, because I think you know, Shaq Mason's still involved in in, in this, line, this line. So yeah, so you know, Shaq Mason's probably going to be your right guard, and then you know, you got Owen you, you have you know, so th- this line was a strength last year. I mean, they they were fifth in rushing. So I mean, the, the line overall still has a strength. I mean, even with you know us missing probably the best offensive line coach ever in Dante i Shout out to my friend who always who always points that out but yeah like I mean listen five years 80 mil 32 and a half guaranteed and you get Kansas City barbecue it's a no-brainer
2: right now you're blindside left tackle Isaiah Win, Michael on when you at left guard David Andrews at center Shaq Mason right guard Trent Brown right tackle so
0: right, still, so you, still exactly a really that, good offensive. Line. Right, exactly but you had you have to sign Andrews you have to like that is yeah yeah that's a, true exactly he's a free right. agent so, yes yeah, so yeah, thank you, Craig, for that. But yeah, so like, yeah, he ha- he has to, you have to sign him. So whatever you, whatever, if that's the last piece you have to put together for the line, then do so. I know they just stopped the from, the from the Jets, but mm-hmm. that's cool, but David Andrews has been the guy, you know, yeah, he, he had to sit out a couple years ago because of, because of the blood clots, but, you know, you know, he was undrafted, you know, he came here, you know, he's been a part of two championship teams, he's held it down, you know, so to me, you, you have to reward that, in my opinion. And as far as the Marcus Cannon thing, Honestly, I think I think they, they got together, it was like, Look, you know, you're from Texas, you know, you could be close to the family after stuff that's going on with you. You know, you know, you were a great teammate and great player while you were here. You know, let's just send you home and you know, best of luck to you the rest of your career. And I think that's all that one. I don't think there's anything where it's like, But yeah, for like draft be- picks. Yeah, but yeah, for Jeff, yeah, exactly. But I mean, that's you know, you know, as I heard earlier, you know, that's basically what you know, Casario and you know, Bill Love. You know, anytime they can add draft picks and, and switch draft picks and all, all this draft capital in the world, you know, for middle picks, it wasn't like you were trading, not like you gave us a third pick or the second pick or whatever it was, you ninety know, sixth and one fortieth. you acting like we, you know, we landed Tom Brady or you know, we got uh, Deshaun Watson back in the deal. Like, come oh, well,
2: um, well, on, you know? what, can, what concerns me with David Andrews is that when Joe Tooney signed today with Kansas City, David Andrews t- uh, retweeted two eyeball emojis. So I, I think I, I don't know if that means David Andrews is looking and wants to go somewhere
0: else. Uh, you not one, getting eighty million dollars though, so no, he, hell no. <laughs> but, but one, but Joe one, whatever. He ain't, he ain't getting that. He might get ten million a year, maybe eight, and eight maybe nine and a half. He ain't getting no eighty, so still, that's still pretty he
2: good. Oh, I mean, sure, if sure. if Bill's not going to give that to him, I go somewhere else too. But Najee Turan was the guy that is being shown to slot into that position. If David Andrews does sign elsewhere, he'll be the second year offensive lineman for the Patriots. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, I, and I think Mike said it best when he said that they need to go out and, and bring back James White. Obviously they still need to, they still need to improve at the running back position. I think we all know that Damien Harris is okay. Sony Michelle, I think. i his- no, I'm,
0: I'm a fan. No, he's. I really him. like Damien Harris. Uh, uh, Damien uh, Harris is nice. Sony Michelle, well, and, and, and I know his ass need to go. Sony Sony Michelle, your ass need to go immediately. I'm done. I'm over it. I, I can't but bring seconds. so
2: bring back James White. So then you have Damien yeah, Harris please, and James please. White. But I still feel like please you need bring to bring. Back. There's there's a lot of good um, uh, running backs that are. Free agents currently, so I, I think that there is yeah, a possibility. Name, name a
0: few, so I can, I can get excited. Name a few.
2: Uh, name a Rex few, Burkhead. of course. He got, he what, got hurt what the hell's him. wrong with you?
0: You told me to get excited, not, not upset. But yeah, you know, he, he was, he's been good here though. He's been good.
2: No, so I'm I'm yeah, a big fan of I'm I'm right. a big fan of Rex Burkhead as well because he has the ability to be good, but at the same time, we we need something that's a little more. Yeah. So right now, here are your. Top free agent running backs: Kenyon Drake, Todd Gurley, Duke Johnson, Tevin Coleman, James White, Matt Breida, Mike Davis, Rex Burkhead, Brian Hill, Leonard Fournette, Tywan Jones, Malcolm Brown, and T.J. Yeldon. That's as far as I'm going to go.
1: Who can so, catch out? Who can catch out of them?
2: Ken Kenyon Drake, right? Yeah. Uh, Tevin it. Coleman, James White, Mike Davis. Can all catch out of the backfield? I would assume that uh, Cam might like a guy like Mike Davis. I don't know
1: what feels like a really patriot move to me for running back. Smart really? Gurley, no right facts. Yes, <laughs> yes, but so
0: right, Joe. Yeah, but also <laughs> that, uh, one one year, some hundred fifty thousand dollar deal. Smart so Gurley comes to the wing, and it's like really. Oh yeah. yeah, it's like it's like Come Fred on
1: Taylor on. all over again. But I F- Philip Lindsay, I think uh, for some reason I can see. I can really see them going after him. And I know that I don't think made, they'll do it in a trade. Well, well. He, so he received a low tender, uh, the low restricted free agent tender for the Broncos, right? So, I mean, maybe you know, if you want to, if you want to get rid of Gilmore, you get a draft pick from the Broncos, you give away one of your picks, and you, and you take him. I, I he just feels like a patriot to kind of me. I don't know why, but I'm done with Rex Burkhead.
2: First of all, like, Rex Burkhead yeah. is listed fourth on the depth chart right now. Mike, I like that take of going to get Philip Lindsay less than I like your take about Cam Newton earlier. A lot less. I, I I don't think it's plausible.
1: There are people out there that say, "Well, what if you know?" David mentioned in our chat earlier today, like, "What if you go up and get the number nine pick from the Broncos? What would it take?" You have to trade your pick, probably uh, Gilmore, probably something else. Maybe you get Lindsay back in, in, in a deal uh, with, with them. What, I'm, what I'm that i that I would is, do. What I'm telling you is, I think. He's the most Patriot-like guy out there for me, but I I wouldn't hate seeing Leonard Fournette in a Patriot uniform based on what I saw. Same
0: same here. Same here. Same here. That that would be great. Yeah. I like Mike Davis.
2: Big fan of Mike Davis. So – I think we've effectively gone through the signings and the the prospects for the New England Patriots over the next uh, few days as free agency begins. But just looking at a, a couple of things from around the NFL that have happened while we've been on the show and throughout the day here, a big one for the Denver Broncos. They declined a $10 million option on Kareem Jackson, the strong safety. Jameis Winston just made $11 million as he signs a one year, $12 million contract with New Orleans. Of course, Drew Brees retiring the other day and Taysom Hill restructuring the, the contract so it sounds like this team that team is Taysom Hills and, and Jameis Winstons Carl Lawson defensive end signs with the Jets for three years 45 million Bud Dupree a guy that I wanted to see come to New England signs a contract with Tennessee but let's see Joe Tooney of course the five-year 80 million dollar contract Rayshon mentioned Corey Davis signing with the Jets three years for 37 and a half million we as we go down here Rob Gronkowski signed a one-year $8 million base that can go to $10 million. Carlos Hyde, not the biggest name anymore, but he signs with Jacksonville, and so does Philip Dorsett, former New England Patriot. Ronald Darby signs a three-year $30 million contract with the Denver Broncos. I mean, Yannick Ngakwe, I know that we were all pretty high on Ngakwe. Yeah, Two years, $26 million to go to Las Vegas. Daniel Carlson signs a, a, a contract with the Raiders as well. I, I still think this team needs a kicker. I, I know Nick Folk had a, a good year last year, but I, I think it's time to to go get something. D. Ford signs with the Jets. I'm sorry, with the San Francisco 49ers. The colorblind. Two years, $24 million restructured with San Francisco. So he's re-signed out there. And Shaq Barrett signs with Tampa Bay.
1: What about... Aaron Jones, dude, that's a big sign. That's a that's a great contract. Four years, forty eight mil, and it's what is it? A- he, he's like- someone
0: I would have liked to come here. Had we lost, or you know, if we were to lose James James White, but obviously that that's not going to happen because he already signed in Green Bay. But obviously, you know, James White playing up there, being from up there. But yeah, I, I would have loved Aaron Jones here. That twenty seventeen draft classes. Like I said, we can have another show about different draft classes. But that twenty seventeen class is loaded from it's, it's phenomenal. So yeah, that was huge. That was huge. Yeah,
2: a, a lot of names already have bounced around, but like we said, there's a lot of names still out there.
0: Samuel, we need you. We love you.
2: Yeah, C- Curtis Samuel. C- Curtis, did you say we- he signed earlier?
1: I don't think he. I don't did. think so. But we would need to. We would need to offload Gilmore to be able to sign him. Right. That's
0: fine. At this moment, it's okay. He's already one here defense, but it's cool. See you later.
1: I mean, I mean, you have to sell me on it. I'm just asking for. clarity. Well, I, I mean,
0: to, to, to use your catchphrase, Mike, love you, mean it. Later, <laughs> hey, big dog. See, Mike's, Mike's catchphrase is
2: uh, for me. Yeah, for, so, for me. <laughs> so guys, I, I feel really good about day one of tampering period. So, this tampering special brought to you by Missing the Point. We went through all the guys that the Patriots have brought in on March fifteenth of twenty twenty one. Free agency officially starts on the seventeenth, Wednesday at four p.m. So, I, I don't know if we're going to see it come as as fast and furious as we uh, have seen it today. Though there are still some big name quarterbacks out there, Mitchell Trubisky, Jacoby Brissett, Alex Smith, Ryan Fitzpatrick. So who knows what we could see come to New England or
0: around the league. Yes, one, one final thing before we go. I, I I need Joe, I need you to do the Matthew Slater thing for me. You know,
2: Matthew Slater is my wife's favorite patriot, too. So yeah. he, he is great. He, he might be more of a rocket scientist than Matt Patricia. Definitely. And and Matt Patricia is actually a rocket scientist. <clears throat> How do we feel about day one of the tampering period before NFL free agency?
0: Oh, yeah.
2: Overmodulated there. So, guys, thank you very much for coming in tonight. Mike Marcangelo, Sean Buchanan, of of course, always in the booth, behind the glass. Craig D'Alessandro, we appreciate you coming in and listening. My name is Joe Malkin. This is Missing the Point, and we'll see you next time. become a leader worth following subscribe today
1: acid. welcome to transforming 45 the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices Electricast. Electricast.